Hello, it's Bree. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. We're back. Episode 46, and uh, we're going to have some fun tonight. So it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that people tend to ask me a lot is how I typically choose guests for this episode for episodes and you know I, I wish I had some sort of scientific or very sort of data driven analysis to give you but usually it's just a feeling like you know outside of the folks that I think that you know we all look up to in strength sports sometimes you just see someone or something about someone piques your interest and you just get a good feeling like they have a really um, interesting and important sh- story to share and that it'll just be a great conversation. This was definitely one of those types of things. I just got a feeling after um, checking out the sister's Instagram and just seeing how funny she was and, um, you know, just how insightful she was. So I asked and she said yes. So I'm very excited tonight, you guys, um, to introduce friend of the podcast, Brandy to you all say hi brandy hi guys hi so um tell us who you are and what you do who am i (laughs) (laughs) who is you girl (laughs) who am i i am so many things um but what i do is i'm a project manager by trade Mm -hmm. and that is for a media and marketing company and I love it. I'm, I regret ever having paid $50,000 for that degree because <sighs> doing that, doing my job, I realized that I have been doing this for my whole life. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I could have been out of debt. Right. So, but when I'm not doing that, I am an Olympic weightlifter. I'm a women's ministry leader. I'm a writer. I read. I talk a lot of stuff to people <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I love it, it. Ju- it just it depends on the day I I am a lot of things awesome awesome well welcome to the chocolate bar Brandy Thank so you. um of course you know I want to get all in your business so tell me a little bit about how you um found Olympic weightlifting or did it find you that's something I always ask um, guests when they come on the show I like to tell people we found each other it was it you know there's a couple of there were a couple of key moments in my life that said that this was the trajectory that I was going to be on Mm -hmm. and it started with remember when I think we're around the same age so you remember when you were in school and you would get like phone calls home to your parents and it was like that was how you knew your day was going to be bad because your teacher called your mom or your yes. dad. <laughs> so there was a point in time where my dad was a stay-at-home dad, and mm-hmm. I got a phone call, and the teacher was just told, told all my business. Damn. And it was like, she said this, and she said that, and she said this, and she said that. And my dad was like, all right, I'm going to fix her. So I got home. <laughs> And one of the ways that he would punish me was by making me do squats with an empty broomstick, you know, like screw off the broomstick or make me do deadlifts and oh, things damn, like that. Dad. Because he was a power lifter. So I was like, like, dad was hazing you. <laughs> he was hazing me. Like, that's like, come on. Like, that, I'm not convinced that that altogether wasn't child abuse. Just, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was like, how, that was like my teenage years. And then mm-hmm. later in college, I just missed... Um, physical fitness in some way and so I needed I wanted to do it so I've got a trainer and we did like regular gym workouts and mm-hmm. I hated cardio so I was like all right well I'm gonna do this until I graduate and then I'm finished but then mm-hmm. after graduation I I gained a bunch of weight and I was mm-hmm. like oh bless so <laughs> I got another trainer went through that we broke up and I went to CrossFit but the day I went to CrossFit there was a run on the board Uh-oh. and I was like oh we don't 
we don't, we don't do i don't know her <laughs> <laughs> i am not familiar and there were these athletes in another room adjacent to the main crossfit room who were all sitting down and some were lifting some were lifting weights and i was like well what are they doing mm-hmm. so i just signed up for that class not knowing what it was right and but just knowing you wasn't gonna have to run <laughs> i saw chairs and i was like well there's a form of fitness that has chairs in it <laughs> So let's me get up. involved. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, that's how I found it. I didn't start taking it seriously until last February. So this is actually just my, I'm right outside of my first year of doing Olympic weightlifting consistently and seriously. Wow, that is awesome. So, so I like to say, like, in short, like, I get it from my daddy. I was just about to say, so your dad is a power lifter. Mm-hmm. Really? That's mm-hmm. interesting. So did you kind of grow up watching him, oops, sorry, watching him train or do yes. leaps or anything like that? Yes, his babysitting at at times was sit down, sit over there and watch me while I do my push-ups and do my deadlifts and things like that. Like, he... It was watching him. Right. And so it just, it turned into something I wanted to do with him. Mm-hmm. And it was real bro-y. And I'm my father's daughter anyway. Right. Like the other side of our family is very emotional and sensitive and very into their feelings. And uh-huh. me and my dad are like, yeah, all right, well, let's, we're going to go lift. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. So. I always tell people, like, I'm the son he never had because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know too many other girls. Well, I, I do now, but, like, if you didn't grow up with your dad putting you in the uh, in a DDT and a full Nelson and a half Nelson, we can't relate. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, then. I so, love it. I love he wrote it. that on my life, yeah. That is hilarious. So, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, doing some different things. Did, were you involved in any sports growing up? Like, what was your relationship like with your body as a young woman? I wasn't too aware of my body as a young woman, mm-hmm. you know, like in the context of being a girl. And right. A young, right. I was very tomboyish for mm-hmm. most of for, for most of it, except mm-hmm. for when I was a I tried a lot of sports, mm-hmm. um, softball and until I got hit in the face by a pop up, and Ooh. <laughs> was like, "Well, the one that the one that was the longest and most consistent was um, probably cheerleading, but like okay. not cheerleading, not mm-hmm. tumble cheerleading, right? So step team, <laughs> right? Um, it's very different for those very, who do not know that. <laughs> yes, and um, a double Dutch team and mm-hmm. African dance; those were my kind of activities. Um, I tried a lot of things. My my parents, specifically my dad, because he has albinism, also wanted me to figure out for myself where my limitations were. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I tried a lot of stuff, but those were my go tos. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up looking at myself like girl boy. It was like, right. It was more active, inactive. Okay. 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 If that makes any sense. That's awesome. I know a lot of us. You know, when I talk to different guests on the show, um, you know, a lot of folks kind of talk about or you know talk about sort of that that idea of, you know, a girl or a woman or, you know, your body's supposed to be looking a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually that's not us (laughs) as black women. So, you know, I'm always... um, I'm always jazzed to hear, you know, when a woman says that, oh, well, you know, I played sports a lot or, you know, I, I didn't really yeah. kind of have to deal with that in that same way. So, no, the um, only that's pretty cool. I had with that was like I developed early, which yeah. is very common. But other right. than that, it was like, let's 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 get busy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so when you transition from, you know, you mentioned being in college and, you know, um, after college and probably getting a job and, you know, yep. putting on some weight or whatever, like, mm-hmm. 
when you transitioned into Olympic weightlifting, what kind of impact did that have on you in terms of, you know, like you said, like your self-image and how you see yourself and your body? You know, I don't think my body has altogether changed too much since mm-hmm. I've been doing it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I notice, I mean, I've gotten stronger and I know right. that because my, my, my numbers are changing on, yeah. the, on the performance board, right? But I don't think my body has changed so much, but mm-hmm. my opinion about my body has yes. changed. Yes, okay, okay. And I think that that is a more ideal destination Mm-hmm. Because our bodies, if the only constant in the world is uh, change, right? Amen. And so, as my body goes through whatever is mm-hmm. in front of it—aging, pregnancy, mm-hmm. whatever you know—any mm-hmm. of those things—I should want to like it, right? Because it's the only one I have, and mm-hmm. short of had, and I don't have the money to pay to change it, right? right. So, Olympic weightlifting and phys- and, f- and fitness period has really given me just the respect for what my body is capable of despite mm-hmm. what it looks like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i i may not look like a girl who is i'm gonna say a third my size probably mm-hmm. not half because i'm you know but i may not look like a lot of the girls on my team or in right. the world but i can squat heavier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. front and back which way you want right. it okay I can, you want to do it in kilos or you want to do it in pounds Listen. You know, I, I can, I can, the things it, it, it can do now, regardless of how strong I am, I'm of the firm belief that my groceries will always be too heavy to carry on my own, <laughs> but I just really dig what I can do mm-hmm. more than what I look like. Right. Right. And I think like you mentioned, that's so important. Um, and I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a common thread through a lot of strength athletes, like finding that space where you know, for them, it's not necessarily about what their body looks like, but more about what their body can do. And that's Mm -hmm. a, I mean, that's a great place to be. Let me tell you something. I Um, hope, and I want to stay here because the the pressure is always there to acquiesce to the aesthetic changes or the, 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 not, not changes, but the demands, right? You you can't, I mean, you don't have to scroll, but too far on Instagram to see that there are girls who look like who look and have the strength, who have right. the strength and the physique, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's just not the measure. That's just not the measurement that, I, that I'm using for myself. I can't, right. I'm, I, I'm too busy and I have goals. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, not to mention, you know, I think what, you know, when you look at social media, I think what a lot of, you know, us see is that there aren't a lot of women that look like us doing that, right? That, yep. um, you know, mm-hmm. are, are, are black women. And so, you know, again, you know, I think hearing your story and hearing the stories of different women who do it, I think is really important. And, you know, how, how has that experience been for you as a black woman? Like, have you been acutely aware of, of, of what, you know, of the lack of us in strength sports or do you see more of us doing it? Like what has your experience been in the time that you've been in it? It's recent, recently it's been pretty fascinating because I walked into the gym and there was a girl in there who had, um, a black girl. She was new to our club mm-hmm. and sis has sister locks and oh, I have sister locks. I'm right. like, girl. But <laughs> the way my coach had told me about her, he was like, um, he was like, Brandy, there's a new girl in the, uh, in the club, and I think she might squat heavier than you, which is way the is the fast route to getting on my on my nerves, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's also the fast route for me to be. It, it triggers this competitiveness right. for me. So he's like, so what you gonna do? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I was like, 
well, first time I meet her, where she at? She, right. She don't, she, you know, she don't squat that much if she ain't in the gym. So right. then the next <laughs> day she was there uh-huh. and I was like, he was like, Brandy, this is Renee. And I was like, oh, hey, girl. And I got closer to her. I was like, are you here, Sister Locks? And she was like, yeah. I was like, mine too. And all of a sudden, we just instant BFFs. Right, right, right. right. So, but then Tom was like, oh, that's great. Your best friend is also the girl who can squat everything. And I was like, ain't nobody stunting that. Like, she got Sister Locks. Like, right. it's all good now. But that kinship is what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Mm-hmm. I, you know, there are some black girls in my club. They don't all do um, Olympic weightlifting, but mm-hmm. there but there is a knowingness, right? Yes. However, we're ultimately in the minority. I go to our competitions and stuff like that. And it's, I don't want to say it's, it's isolating. It's not isolating, but mm-hmm. it's, I celebrate it so much more when I see it. Yeah. Um, I have a, you know... <sighs> I haven't always had the hardest time either from black women for for doing the sport that I do. Right. Because it's not really like a feminine sport in the right. first place. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know what is. Right. You know, like is soccer feminine? Right. Is basketball feminine? Like which which is the feminine sport? So right. it, th- there's a tightrope I've often felt like mm-hmm. walking. Um, and so I find myself making friends with the black women who do um do the sport in general like women of color color period who do the sport Mm -hmm. um because women outside of the sport um of color don't really get it and you know question it more or have an incredulity that i'm just like i'm a a bit exhausted of having to traverse Right. If that makes I understand. Sense. Oh, it makes perfect you do, okay, sense. Okay, you get it. it. You get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, so you mentioned, you know, just sort of, you know, kind of the reactions of maybe women who aren't um, <clears throat> intimately involved with the sport. Like, what has the feedback or reaction been from I mean I'm assuming your immediate family is is cool with it because they're probably kind of used to seeing you in this space but like you know other friends or other folks that are close to you that don't necessarily do string sports like what has their reaction been to you getting involved and becoming a competitor it really made it like it's really amazing because they don't understand why strength work period is important and right right and so the, I have friends um male and female who are like they're runners or swimmers or, you know, previous Mm -hmm. gymnasts. And they're like, I don't get why you even have to do that. And I was like, you will when you're old and you can't like walk or your stability isn't there. And your, um, you know, um, your center of gravity changes and your joints don't have the support that they do because you're Mm -hmm. running and all that. So there's a little bit of that. There's a, there's a measurable amount of judgment. Right, 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 right. And and it goes both ways because if I'm keeping it 100, I judge them for not doing strength. I don't understand <laughs> right? like why you're not doing strength. Like, you, right. don't, you don't get my sport and I don't get your sport, mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the rece- there's, there's a bit of a distance and a divide that is understandable, but it just shows me the divisiveness amongst the different sports. Um, and how they don't even realize that they have, there's more in common than different. Like, do you watch, um, the redeemed and dominant? Uh, have you ever seen that on Netflix about the CrossFit, uh, uh, games or whatever? Put that on my list. Put that on your list because Mm -hmm. I watch it because 
I relate so much to the mind of those athletes in CrossFit. Right. I don't want anything to do with all the running <laughs> that they do. Don't put me on a bike. I'm right, not swimming. Right. I'm not climbing up a rope. All those things. I'm not doing any of those. But their minds, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I right. find myself more willing. Like, I'll watch that show and do my mobility training at home when if mm-hmm. I was watching Bravo, I would just be chilling, right? Right, so exactly. I there's more that makes us similar than what makes us different, but we judge each other's sport. Now, outside of the sport, I mean, people who don't do anything, of course, are looking at me like, oh, I just want to get toned. And I'm like, you people, they still make you. Right. (laughs) Girl. make people who are just like, I just want to get toned. Using the T word. Yeah, I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't don't think you even know what you mean. They don't, yeah. Go off, you know? I love it. I love it. Um, so one of the things that, um, you know, when, when, you know, I always do my research, um, you know, one of the things that comes up a lot with your name with respect to, um, weightlifting is that, um, you recently were one of the first, mm. um, blind weightlifters to place at a national weightlifting meet. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit about what that experience has been like for you. I'm having a bit of PTSD with that, right? Because I didn't go in thinking that that was going to happen. Right. I went in wanting to go six for six. Mm Mm-hmm. But, and really just to not embarrass myself in my club. Right. You know? (laughs) Right. Um, But when it all happened, I was shocked. Like, what does that even mean? Because... Um, I was telling you this before when we were talking, when we were talking, it was mm-hmm. like, I have a bit of, it's ironic, blindness, um, and just, it's in my blind spot that- <laughs> No pun intended. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, for how difficult um, it is, mm-hmm. or the challenges that are involved, because I just decide that I'm going to do something, and then I do it, and whatever challenges are in front of me, mm-hmm. um, I just assume everybody else has challenges in front of them, too. You right. know, like, I didn't grow up getting to be special, because I was albino, and mm-hmm. um, because I was blind, and, mm-hmm. you know... It, I knew I, I knew I would have to educate people about right. the difference between saying albino and albinism. Like, if you know me, yes. If you don't know me, no. But but for as far as the sport, it was surreal, mm-hmm. and it still is. I'm an introvert who lives a really great extrovert's life. Like I know how mm-hmm. to do that. So it's mm-hmm. it was all the attention and stuff kind of scared me, but I understood the responsibility that that had for people in my community right. Um, right. of blind people um, mm-hmm. because I, I can't compete in the Paralympics, go figure. Um, Why is that? Well, the, my particular... The Paralympics is quote unquote for people with physical handicaps. Right. Okay. Okay. And so mine is while it has it while it has physical implications, it's not physical uh, right. by their standards. Right. So I think what I've learned in this sport particularly is that there are so many people in it who are supportive and who are encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily people who are going to be like, "Oh, that poor girl," because that right. irritates me. Right. Right. So it's been. It's been a roller coaster of feelings and mm-hmm. experiences around it. I have mm-hmm. had, you know, I mean, what's so special about that? But then when I have, when I answer that question, begrudgingly, albeit, right. I'm like, well, close your eyes and 
do a clean and jerk in a snatch. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. Because I do, I do mine with my, with my eyes closed. Really? In practice. Yeah, because when I open my eyes, all I see are the lights that are in front of me anyway. I was going to ask you, so <clears throat> just to kind of segue for a quick second. So, and, and excuse my ignorance about this, but yeah. are there, so... Okay, you're you know you're blind and you're doing the sport. Are there like levels of that? Like, can you see shapes but not colors? Can you see light? Like, where kind of do you faces. fit in that? Okay, gotcha. so here's the here's the range. Like, if my acuity is twenty two hundred, and that means that what you can see that's two hundred feet away. If mm-hmm. you can see a target two hundred feet from where you're sitting, I have to be twenty feet away from it to see the same thing. Gotcha. And okay. even then it's blurry. Okay. Or not okay. exactly precise. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at people, I'm looking at their body language. I know who people are in my gym or in my vicinity if they're familiar to me because I know how this person walks or I know what the mm-hmm. shape of that person's body is or I know mm-hmm. how this one wears her hair right. or I've gotten used to their clothes. Those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, but it's never about the details. Like I would never be able to say, oh, Brie, you know, her nose is like this. Right. You know, I, I would mm-hmm. never be able to do that. Or this color eyes. Right. I wouldn't be able to do that. Interesting. Okay. So did you have any reservations about getting, well, I mean, I'm going to kind of assume the answer to this is no, because you started at CrossFit. But the question was, did you have any reservations about, you know, getting into strength sports in general as a blind athlete? No, because like there was, a, and you're right. Nope, I didn't. Because my introduction to trying things was so early in life. Right, my, right. my mom wanted to, you know, from a loving position, like kind of protect me and shield me. Mm-hmm. But my dad sharing my condition was like, nope, you got to let her do exactly what she wants to do because she right. will find her own boundaries. Right. And in right. finding those, that's how I knew that baseball and softball wasn't going to be my sport. Because right. there's only one time I'm going to let a ball hit me in my face. Listen. <laughs> So mid-season, it was like, okay, we're uh, off We're that. done. We're, <laughs> we're done. Do you but, have siblings? Yep. I have a younger sister. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and she does not have the condition. So mm-hmm. like, I, that's why, you know what I'm saying? Like I grew up being the only one more right. or less. So it didn't get to be special. Brandy's issues were not going to dominate the family. So I mm-hmm. found my way and it's like playing operation. Like, does this one work? Eh, eh. Nope. Right. 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 Like, does yeah. this one work? Yeah, I could do this. I didn't have reservations about Olympic weightlifting. All my reservations are always about it's not whether or not I can or cannot do this. It's mm-hmm. will I or will I, or will I or won't I with you? Right. Right. Because my experiences are all around like the amount of support or mm-hmm. help the mm-hmm. environment was going to or not going to give yeah. me. So tell me a little bit about um, your journey to you know you mentioned and like I said you know just a couple of different articles I read and things just in terms of finding someone to help you on your journey that was going to be comfortable with where you were and meet you with where you were like did you have to go through a few coaches to yeah. get to that or how did that process work for you My last traditional coach like you know uh, back and by day squat day right, cardio right, day like my right. last tradition. We broke up because he was directly pretty disrespectful to my condition. Mm. And I was like, see, nope, you don't volunteer your time. I pay you. And as such, our relationship is over. Right. Because if I tell you that I'm having a bad eye day, it's not for us to have a conversation about what I should push through or not push through. I'll tell you, you don't tell me. Right. Gotcha. So that's how I found CrossFit. And while CrossFit was cute, 
I was like, <laughs> so that is real cute. <laughs> like the only things I liked were like thrusters, like right, the, right, because <laughs> there's right. a barbell and like yeah. weights. And, yeah, but um, I. It, I knew it was going to work with my current with my current coach because mm-hmm. he saw me for my technique mm-hmm. and he didn't even realize that I was blind until I kept kicking over like co- cups of coffee. Coffee. I'm sorry, that's not funny. No, but it is. It is because he was getting mad. Like, right? Watch, I'm like, too. like you watch, watch where you're going, and that is more familiar to me, than right? That, right? Because I grew up with my family being like, she see what she want to see, <laughs> and. When you have a level of comfort or familiarness with right. the person, like you, you, you do forget a little bit, right? That oh yeah, no, she really can't see, right? Um, so there were along the way some coaches who were just not willing to yeah. meet me there, who mm-hmm. were kind of rude about it, yeah. Um, and then a coach who is, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it, it just. It just is. I change my my training and uh, like a couple times a year, depending on what time of day the sun is up, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. time of day the sun is down. If I right. have to be at the bus stop when the sun is high, I'm not going to be there. Don't don't count on me. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So understanding it and working with it, and even if you don't understand it, take my word for it because there's right. only so many conversations I'm gonna have about it. Because it's your lived experience. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome that you. We're able to kind of, you know, and, and I think it's just really with any coaching client relationship. Some, it's, I mean, I imagine it's like dating. You just got to find the right connection, you know. Oh, bless! I hope it's better than dating. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but it is that because you are making a relation, you are cultivating right. a relationship, right. and there's some trust and some give and take that has to be involved in it. So, absolutely. Right. So, in terms of your training, like, talk to me a little bit about what that looks like for you, like what types, you mentioned, you know, some of your lifts, you know, you, you do with your eyes closed, like what types of adjustments do you need to, or allowances do you typically make that maybe someone um, with that's fully sighted wouldn't necessarily be thinking about? Well, my favorite thing about our sport in relation to my disability is that you lift on a platform, so there mm-hmm. can't be people close to me. Right, right. You think about a like a like a gym, like a global gym where there's yeah. like a hundred like all the equipment is within inches yeah. of each other, then yeah. it gets crowded, you got people all around you. I have a lot of sensory sensitivity, mm-hmm. so I can't do a lot of like sounds and being feeling closed in. Mm-hmm. But you have this mm-hmm. big what like 15 by 15 or 12 by 12 platform that right. you can't be on without getting hurt. Right. It feels right. safe to me. Mm. Um, there's, okay. there's um, not a lot of, like if you think now, if you think about a CrossFit gym, I don't, I'm not going to trip over somebody's uh, jump rope right? or plate that they left on the floor. All of mm-hmm. those things are not kind of in the way for me to see or not see because I don't mm-hmm. have depth perception. Right. right. So it's a very spacious um, sport, mm-hmm. which is weird. I never thought about it that way. It's very, yeah. spa- it's very spacious, not cluttered. Right. And then when I, I don't like a lot of um, natural light. Mm, okay. Artificial light is better mm-hmm. because I'm only going to be in there for maybe like two or three hours. Right. But artificial light is like bright. And then if the car, like when people park in our particular gym, when the sun is going down early around four or five, but people are still parking, the high beams shine into oh, the, yeah. you know, like all these things make me nuts in my brain. And then I get mm. cranky and I'm like, all right, got to bring it to a close. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing my lifts, right, 
my eyes are closed in the snatch until I've caught it, mm. which is wow. right. And then in the clean and jerk, my eyes are closed until I've caught it and then closed again until I jerk it. Mm. So it's at the, it, because looking around me with the room just being this expanse, mm-hmm. there any, like think about when you're standing on a platform, the room looking out, it's just an expanse to me because right. I can't see details and all of that is just distracting. Mm. So it's easier for me to do the lifts, hold it, open my eyes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because everything else is just yeah. noise to my brain or through my eyes. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And you know, it's really interesting because one of the things that I noticed, um, you know, watching your lifts is that, and it's, Oh God, that's so weird because I remember saying to myself one time, I don't even, it was something you posted and I said, you know, to me, the mark of a, a good strength athlete is when the bar looks like a literal extension of their body, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, like, they feel so comfortable with it. It almost seems like it's an extra appendage. And I I never thought about the connection of being able to, to lift or, you know, being able to trust yourself enough to lift a load overhead with your eyes closed mm-hmm. <laughs> and trust that, you know, A, you're going to catch, like... There just seems to be like this level of intimacy that's there for you, I think, because you're you kind of don't have a choice but to do that. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's really interesting how, you know, and then again, it, it didn't even occur to me that that would necessarily be because that's that's your only option. Right. You, you, right. you, got, you have to really be able to trust it because you can't really see it. <laughs> so see it. Um, it's, it's really amazing how that kind of all interplays because you do you look so natural. Like when I when I started reading and realized that you'd only been doing this for a year, when I tell you I almost slid out of my chair, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, I would have never guessed that at all in a bazillion years. You know, I have to keep reminding myself that it's only been a year because I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm, yeah. going, to, I'm going to nationals at the end of the month and I'm like, mm. I'm going into it fourth in my category and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what's the point of even going? You know, like I'm going, I'm already fourth and everybody else is so much stronger than me. Girl. And I'm like, girl, okay, first of all, calm down. <laughs> Second of all, stay on somewhere. <laughs> it's been one year. Would you like, what is this entitlement that you have about it? I'm not, you would think I would be thinking about going into it. My coach isn't going to be able to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm lifting with his coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, they don't know me. They don't know that I need to see the cord. I need the cords to be right, out of my way. Right, I need somebody right, to help right. me to the stage and to help me back down from the stage. I need an audible cue from mm-hmm. the uh, from the center judge. Mm. You know, not a not a visual one because right, I'll be right. there for 10, 40 days and forty nights. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I'm not. I should be thinking about those things. Right. But right. I'm thinking about all these other things that are like. In my opinion, I mean, from my perspective, the same thing that other athletes are thinking about their performance. Am I going to go and like be first? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But but I need to be like, it's been one year. Yeah. The fact that you're even going in the first place. I mean, this is is why you should sit down and shut up. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, I I just, I just get chills thinking about it. I'm like, wait a damn minute. Well, do you guys have the same thing in powerlifting? In terms of like you competing and things like that, like how long have you been doing it? Competitively, mm-hmm. like about two years. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I'm more 
at the space that you are where I, I look at it like, I, I guess my perspective is just a little, is different than maybe some younger athletes. Cause I'm, you know, first I'm old as hell. Um, okay. and I'm just kind of like the fact that I am eight, that I get to do this at like almost 48 years old is pretty fucking amazing. It is. One. It is. Go um, ahead. Go and ahead, you know, just, just like, again, anything that you want to do and learn to do well takes time. You know, and who am I to think that I'm someone who is going to be able to skip that process of putting in the time and putting in the work, mm, you know, message. like, yes, who, who, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so me. I guess, yes. I guess that's how I look at it. So I get what you're saying, but I find that when I do start to get that self doubt talk, I'm like, girl sit your ass down, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, I I don't know if you've listened to past episodes, but I actually, um, interviewed Krista Ford, uh, that was your last episode. Yep. I did. Yep. Great interview. Auntie been at this shit for like 25 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like talking to people like that really gives you that perspective to say, sis, you are literally a baby. Like, like you need to appreciate every lift. Every training session, yeah. every PR, every non-PR, because Come they're on. all learning experiences. And this is not about me. So let's get back to you. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah, it, I mean, it's, I think you are well, you're right. You got to think about how fucking amazing this is that you're doing this, you know, just A, just as, you know, uh, are you over, are you over 30? Uh, mm-hmm, over 30 36. lifter, number yep. one. Yep. <laughs> Right. And then, you know, lifting with, you know, some of the challenges that you do like that, that is amazing. It really is. So I I hope you do take the time to pat yourself on the back. I appreciate it. And I'm trying. I'm trying because I'm type A. I'm a Leo. Yes. These are, see? Okay, but easy. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) She's like, wait a damn minute now. I am I, a yo. I, I, we catch a lot of we catch a lot of flack on Twitter and Instagram. Like the I know, internet hates I know, the Leos. I know. I love y'all. I really Thank do. You. Y'all are just extra in a different kind we of way. We very extra. It's I can't. Fine. I, yes, I have to own that. But I am trying to stay with the right perspective, and I'm yeah. learning this from um, Leo Totten. Like a, 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 he's a Hall of Famer in our sport. Mm-hmm. Just number one, visualization, and number right. two, like silencing all the noise. And the mm-hmm. noise is the expectations. I just have to go and do what my body knows how to do, Absolutely. and let everything else do its own thing. And just um, as an aside, if you get an opportunity, I don't know if you've listened yet, but there's an episode that I did um, prior to. Uh, or late last year with Natalie Graves, who's a, um, she counsels athletes, um, and works with athletes with respect to their mental health. And she, I, yes, I did listen to that. Okay. Go back and listen to it. I did my homework too. Go back and listen to it because there, (laughs) she, she touches upon exactly Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Um, and just has some really good advice for like going into a meet and like getting your mind right. So anyway, that. hey Natalie. If you Hi Natalie. That. Thanks for your um, episode. Yeah. So, okay. So see, I told you we were just going to be babbling about everything. So <laughs> let, let, so let me ask you this. So let's say that there is someone, you know, particularly a black woman, because yeah. this is what, this is what we're about. Of course, yes. um, that is listening to this or has looked at, you know, the page and been like, wow, you know, I'd really love to try CrossFit, Oli lifting, power lifting, strong man, whatever. But I've got this thing. And whether that thing is a physical limitation or, you know, something similar to what you're dealing with, what advice would you have for her about just getting in there and trying? Do it anyway. I love it. Okay. 
It's as simple as that. You don't know. Don't count the sport out any sooner than you want another person to count you out. Right. Don't count any of those sports out. I mm-hmm. the only reason I'm not doing power li- powerlifting is because I like fast velocity. I'm aggressive, right. and so right. I wanna I wanna like bam bam I right like this slow thing. I'm mm-hmm. like oh man yeah. But I tried mm-hmm. right. Like mm-hmm. let the sport tell you it, or shape shift you and right. figure out a way to mo- like slither yourself into it right there are a hundred ways from sunday Mm -hmm. to make it work for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. short of me asking my coach the only thing i haven't asked my coach to do for me so far is just is for me to train with the lights totally off in the gym Mm, and okay. that's for the sake of everybody else. Like, right. Hey, like, don't be, don't be preposterous, Brandy. I'm not right. going to turn the lights off. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean... But I, but I can close my eyes. So, right. so if someone, what I think happens more than when we say, oh, I can't, but I would, but I wish I could, but right. That's the end thought to all the insecurities that led up to that. The thing that just the thing that came across our lips is the decision we made. I can't, right. I, right. I can't. So, it, right. but it's all fear and doubt voices. It's yeah. all what if I'm bad at it? What if the people don't like me? What if mm-hmm. it's this? What if it's that? What if I don't fit in? Okay, but those are assumptions. Right. And the flip side of that is. What if I'm good at it? What if people do like me? What if I do flip fit in? <laughs> right? It's like we're so good at thinking about kind of the negative possibilities, what but if they do like I me? think we need to spend more time thinking about the positive possibilities too. Like you I know? had this conversation with a friend about a different topic altogether, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was like, "They're just I didn't feel comfortable there because there was no representation. There was mm. nobody else like me." And I was like, "Sis, then be the first one. Like that's right. bullcrap. Like yeah. I am always the only albino." In Anywhere. Right. I am right. always usually somebody's first. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I've never met. I'm like, shocker. Right. But be the first. Somebody has to be first. Right. It's like when you go, you know, I think about it like um, when you go to an event, especially with black folk and you're sitting around and they're like, OK, the food's ready. I'm like, I don't wait. Oh, I'm like, let me go ahead and start, get this party started. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for somebody to be the first one to get in line. Exactly. Also that first one. I'm like, well, let's go. Matter of fact, I'm the one that announces when it's right. like a mixed crowd too. <laughs> exactly. Let me eat first. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, look, let's let's set it off. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Exactly. I'm not about to eat cold food because y'all wanted to wait for somebody to be first. Yeah. Look, let me go ahead and, you know, let me go ahead and get this party started. We'll so spark I, I love off. that. That's true. Let's let's get the party started. Um, so one of the things that also drew me to you and to, you know, your Instagram posts and everything, besides the fact that you are funny as hell, <laughs> is your openness about living with albinism. Can you can you explain exactly what that is for those that may not be particularly familiar or maybe they've heard the term but don't know well, exactly what that Well, in our community, all these black people who are listening to this, everybody here has, has met one of me because okay. we're all... More times than not, black people have gone to school with one. Yep. Their cousin is one. Mm-hmm. Their friend in their neighborhood when they grew up was one. Right. So, but beyond that, white people never know. Mm-hmm. They all think mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Except not now because I got these locks in. Right, like, right, 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 right. Okay. But what they don't often know is what it all entails and that it's mm-hmm. different for all of us even that it's a spectrum my dad had terracotta colored skin and hazel eyes with gold specks my eyes are purple 
and my hair is white and my skin is too. Mm-hmm. Um, his vision was different than mine. He wasn't mm-hmm. as light sensitive as me, but my vision, um, his vision was better than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are nuances to the condition that mm-hmm. make each and every one of us different. Yes, we're sensitive to sun, but to, to various, um, mm-hmm. various degrees. Um, so is it just blind, the absence of melanin or is there kind yes. of more to it than that? Okay. Gotcha. No, it is the absence, uh, the absence of, well, no, it isn't. It's two things. It's okay. Either the broken melanin gene. Mm-hmm. And those are your people with very, who do have some pigment or some hair color or brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have the broken gene. Okay. The absence of the gene is my kind. Mm-hmm. We are the most startling kind. We have mm-hmm. white hair, white skin, blue eyes, purple eyes, gray eyes, whatever have you. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to have the worst vision because mm. there's just outright no melanin. Um, okay. And what that means in our eyes is that there's nothing to block out how much. Our eyes are misshapen and there's nothing in our eyes to block out the light. So our eyes aren't haven't developed. Oh, They're immature. Interesting. Right? Okay. So that's, that's what that is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, interesting. And then is there a difference between how um, it presents in black folks versus white folks, or is it pretty much the same? Like, it, could you look at a white person and know immediately that they are albino? Like only most times you can look at a black person young. and say, exactly. okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay, got it, exactly. With white people, if they're, if they're young, Mm-hmm. like youngish yeah then yes i know if they have my kind because mm-hmm. their hair is white or whiter is mm, their hair is okay. whiter than mine mm-hmm. right um and so are their eyebrows Mm-hmm. And we have a posture, like people with albinism have a posture I can spot a mile away. We typically mm. have bad posture from con- from bending over to try and see closer to things, and oh like we fold goodness. we fold up a lot more in the shoulders and the top of our backs. So really? interesting. Yeah. Okay. Remember, I told you, like I can body language is more. I see body language more than I can see anything else. So right. there's a right. posture. Ooh, does that, that mean you know when people lie and stuff? I do have a sense for that, but I don't know if that's how it is, right? Like, I, that meter is just ready. That, right, 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 right. Well, you know, I've always heard that old wives tale that, like, when you are lacking or don't have one of your senses, the other ones become extremely sharp. And I don't know if that's true or it not. Is 100% but... true. It is really? 100% true. Yes. Because it's, 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 um, as mammals, right? Mm-hmm. We are, we, our first instinct is to survive. Right. And so if all of a sudden I can't see, which I can't, Mm -hmm. I hear more. There were times when my parents would be talking. I was like, oh, you be be ear hustling. Because I was always wilding in school. Like I I talked (laughs) back every day and I had all the questions. Oh my God. I was the mouth early. Right, right. So my parents would be in the room and be Brandy. (laughs) What y'all say about Brandy? (laughs) and it's the the same is is still true it's i hear i can hear a lot wow i can hear a lot and i smell a lot and i get migraines Mm. so one of the Mm -hmm. ways i know that my migraines are coming is because i all i suddenly smell on like my it's it's, all the other of my senses are magnified i hear more i -hmm. smell more Mm. my skin feels more sensitive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know all so right, it's absolutely so true. Don't, be, don't talk don't be, around me. Don't At be rolling up on her. Me. Right. 
Don't be rolling up on her bullshitting because she gonna know. I'm gonna know. <laughs> she gonna know the thing. Um, so, and, and again, you know, just as as someone who you know has kind of lived in this body, um, yeah. and and it's just something I've never really thought about, like growing up um and and it was interesting i actually read an article about this early you probably know what's coming but i read an article about this early and i was like damn i never thought about that what they say how, how did you <laughs> like what they say how did your perception of how was how was your perception of of your blackness and blackness affected by um is it being albino or having albinism? Like, it's what, either. what do you prefer? Okay. So if you don't know a person, you should go in with a person with albinism. Because right. Because it's the yeah. most respectful. Right. Okay. But okay. if you have a level of familiarness and the person doesn't have a sensitivity to the word, then it's right. albino and that's fine. For okay. me, it's fine. Okay. Okay. So how did, how was your perception of blackness mm-hmm. impacted by having, by having albinism? I was mad at black people for a long time. Mm. Why? Because my first experiences with ostracization came Mm -hmm. from black people. Mm. Interesting. And so, and don't get me started, okay? So definitely, like, moderate me down on this section because I'm I'm writing a book about it. But, (sighs) and so the difficulty here comes from, so a lot of black families are Mm -hmm. very big, right? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, maybe not all. Maybe, let me not quantify. My black family is a very big one. Mm Mm-hmm. I grew up on my mom's side alone with 21st cousins. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. The first 10 of us grew up as siblings because, you know, everybody stay at grandma's house. Basically. And, but at one point I went to private school and everybody else stayed in public school. Okay. Where'd you grow up, by the way? In Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay. And so that kind of isolated me a little bit and that was the first time so i went to a private school and it was the first time i was around white people like that and i was Mm -hmm. like "Mm, i don't know about y'all right right. but then i was at home getting it from my neighborhood Mm. like oh i don't know about you like why you come don't come around here talking about talking about latin we don't know latin Mm. (laughs) you know like why Mm -hmm. you using why using big words talk regular Yeah. Right? Why are you talking white? Yeah, that and like, why are you reading books? Come outside and play. Like these mm-hmm. things. But I can't come outside and play. Sis, the sun is out. Ah. Right? So yeah. the things that were entertaining to me by virtue of my limitations were not were not interesting. Right. Right? Because um, I still, like, I still had to be entertained as a kid. But. Right. So anyway, growing up and then like, so then because I was in mixed cultures mm-hmm. that obviously exposed me to a lot more right. um, that of things that were outside of my uh, neighborhood because mm-hmm. I grew up in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And so my interests were peaked, my curiosities were peaked. And so then I felt torn mm. loyalty wise, right? Because right. if you hang out with, with white people, then you're not really with us. Like you can't sit with us. Right. 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 But if I just stick over here with Charles, then I'm not going to be able to go do these things. I think I like. Right. 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 So there is this dichotomous thing all the way through high school where I was just like, you know what? Everybody, white people don't know I'm black. Black people don't think I'm black enough. Everybody, everybody, all y'all can exit stage left (laughs) because it, presented me with an identity I, I had an identity crisis at 16 years old wow because i i didn't know where i fit in or who i was right. yet and to be fair and i want everybody to hear this at 16 you're not supposed to have to know who you are 
Say that again. You're, you're not supposed to have to know anything about yourself outside of what you want to do today and this weekend with your friends. Right. You could, might start be thinking about you want to go to college. Right. That's right. as far in the future as you're not supposed to have to yeah. know. And especially having to defend or prove who you are to somebody else. Then defend else. it and prove it. Yeah. That's a lot. It's, it was too much. And mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. was serendipitous that my AP English teacher was like, Brandy, we had to write our junior papers. And I was mm-hmm. like, Brandy, yours is going to be on albinism. And I was like, but everybody else gets to pick theirs. And she was right. like, but you don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was good because yeah. I didn't know enough about it. And I couldn't right. talk conversationally about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Were you a- were you able to kind of discuss what you were going through with your dad since he, you know, shared the same condition? Or was, no, he, because or was he pretty it was much like thing. suck it up and deal with it? <laughs> no, my dad wasn't like suck it up and deal with it, but he's a guy, right? And he was always yeah. a very a guy of very few words. Cause, yeah. And so, but more than anything, what we shared was just a knowing the same way yeah. black people do with each right. other, right? Like right. we don't have to, like we can sit down and be like, sis, these people, and you'd be like, yep. Mm-hmm, so we don't mm-hmm. even have to go through the whole yeah, thing, right? Yeah. So I come in the house after a long day of being outside or at school or whatever have you, and just sit close to my dad and he'll be like, yep. Mm. Right? So we didn't talk, talk about it, but he right. understood. We shared right. it. Mm-hmm. But when I wrote that paper, I learned, I learned a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I walked my own path and you was either going to get with me or or get left behind right now in the moment it didn't look or feel like that but i Mm -hmm. just got i was just so exhausted of having to be somebody in each of the areas of my life at home and in the neighborhood i'm black and i'm cool and everybody we kick it we Mm -hmm. are everybody's first cousins and Mm -hmm. you know skin folk was kin folk right but at school i'm like this girl that she has great grades and she's so smart and da da da. And at my right. hobbies, it's like mm-hmm. w- even like white people in like positions of authority are like, oh look what we're doing for this little girl who. And so they I, they were opportunistic with me because mm. I was I checked all the boxes. Right, right. So it was very difficult to have to f- people with albinism, especially black people with albinism, have mm-hmm. to come to a a, self, a level of self awareness far mm-hmm. more early than anyone else, mm-hmm. which is why you end up getting people who have like the quote unquote strength of mindset or, mm. oh, you're so strong. You're so tough. You have, you're so sure of yourself and da da da. Like, well, yes, yeah, I had to figure it out at 16. Yeah, no you choice. had the option. You had your twenties to figure you out. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. That's, Ooh. Um, so as you've grown up, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, being in the society and kind of the hellhole that is life today. Um, (laughs) you know, in, in some ways, you know, there's, I think this heightened sense of blackness and this heightened sense of being proud of being black and, you know, melanin and having, you know, black skin and all of these things. Like how have you, you know, you mentioned being self-aware and kind of coming to this level of acceptance, like how, what's that process been like for you? Right? Like, you know, we talked a little bit about, oh, you know, and melanin and the melanin that, and you're like, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of that. Like, how do you kind of yeah, navigate the melanin, that? The yeah, me- because the you're, melanin I mean, you're, popping. Well, and you're a black woman. Like, you are black. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we're not a monolith. And, and, yeah. and the absence of melanin doesn't mean you're not black, right? So how do yeah. you kind of navigate that and, and still be are able to kind of maintain that? 
that sense of love for yourself. But you know, I don't feel excluded from that just because I don't have melanin. Like I right. come from a place of like identification is not the same thing as comparison. So if you Ooh. are, if you need to say that you, your melanin is popping, that's, that doesn't at the same time say mine isn't because I don't exactly. have any. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That doesn't right. at the same time say that. No, I don't have the t-shirt, but I got t-shirts that say slightly sadiddy. Only black people know about that one. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, there's something for all of us and yeah. you can't, people can't relate to my kind of blackness. Like you, okay. your melanin can't relate to my kind of blackness. You right. and your melanin probably didn't have the access to like, the secrets and the secret ways and beings of like whiteness in their culture. So I know I can smell their BS a lot sooner. Like mm-hmm. I know, when, I know, I already know what this is. Right. 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 right, like, right. And so if anything are complimentary with one another, I don't yeah. feel excluded from, from uh, melanin pop. And there's a girl, a black um, girl with albinism in Texas, who's mm-hmm. just recently started an Instagram campaign called no melanin. And mm. I was like, girl, I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Like send me that t-shirt. Right. Right. Right, 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 right. I hear you. I hear but you. I don't. I f- I feel good about. I feel good about melanin popping mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and all that because black women deserve that. Right. Exactly. Nah, I don't. Let me. I changed my mind about deserve, but definitely own that, possess that, and should celebrate that. Right. 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 It doesn't leave it. me behind, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. Hey, man. Like I said, you know, we're all, and that's the great thing about us. We are all, you know we are such a spicy melting pot, right? It's very um, spicy. all beautiful in our own ways. And, and I think that's what really makes, you know, blackness and makes black women so special and magical. So yeah, man, I'm here for it. I am here for I'm it. I'm here to like round out the spectrum when Listen. a whole bunch of y'all are like light skin, light brown skin and all the rest of this. And I like put me right there at the end of the spectrum. <laughs> right. right there. And be like, yeah, all us. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. So tell me three things you'd like people to know about people with albinism. Like if they don't maybe have that close connection with someone, you know, that they know or or whatever, like what three things would you want people to know? So me and my friends with albinism, um, I'm on the board of the National Organization for Albinism, right? So I made mm-hmm. a lot of friends. I came to this, even this, I didn't want to be friends with them. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't need a support group. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but then I, I went for the first time and I was like, oh, I like y'all. Mm-hmm. So we talk about this a lot and it so varies. But mm-hmm. the a, a common theme is that by and large, we don't want to be ambassadors. Mm. So I'm not... Don't treat me like the token for all right. people with You're albinism. You're the spokesperson, I'm right? I'm not the spokesperson. <laughs> because right. I can put you on the phone with a girl, same name, who feels exactly different, like feels mm-hmm. the yin to my yang about how she feels about her right. um, her, her condition. Yeah. So what I say about albinism and what my experience has been is not the same for everybody else. And I think, and I kind of, I hate that that's not common knowledge because your, your experience as a black woman and woman in some, in some ways, Brie is going to be different from your counterpart with your same skin. Well, and it's the same thing with us. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the spokesperson for black women or black men or black people in general. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. And (laughs) so while there is this collective and we have Mm -hmm. so many shared experiences, and it's a whole lot of high-fiving and hey girling I'm still I'm not the spokesperson so that's something that I would want people to know when approaching people in their gyms or wherever um 
to get to know them first. Albinism doesn't have to be the first conversation you have. It's the right. first thing you might notice about them, but get to right. know them first. Mm-hmm. And then once you have, they need to feel comfortable and safe with you too in right. order to talk about that. Right. Um, and to share what's difficult or mm-hmm. if they need help. I'm not, I don't come by asking for help easily, but right. not at first, but mm-hmm. then I do. And, I, you know, and, and people wonder, because you can see that I have albinism, you understand that I'm asking for help because of that. Right. Um, right. And then lastly, I guess I would say everything is up for discussion. Mm-hmm. I would rather... After after those first two things, I would rather you ask me every question you've ever had so that I can answer to the best of my ability about those things so that you walk away less ignorant than you came to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you do better, I, I believe. I have always done better having more information than not enough information. Right, 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 right. I like it. I like it. So this is the point in our episode where I, I really... <laughs> I love to ask random questions, mm-hmm. um, just fun stuff to get to know you a little better. So I promise there's, there won't be a quiz later. <laughs> tough. Right. Um, so do what's we your do fa- this together or, or am I answering? No, you answer it. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this is my show. No, I'm kidding. I know, that's um, right. <laughs> so and nobody wants to know anything about me. Um, okay. So what's your favorite thing to do when you're not training? Right. Right. Oh, right. Is in okay. I was like, oh, I'm right. sorry. I, I, no, 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 no. I I like writing. All right. I like writing a lot. I'm having mm-hmm. some, I'm having a great deal of writer's block at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be looking for an agent at the moment. I'm not doing any of those. But writing is my was my first love. It was the first way I could communicate unjudged. So that is it. my. It is hands down my favorite thing to do. So is is your book going to be more of like a kind of an autobiographical piece or like it's a memoir. Be- Okay, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, okay, gotcha. yep, absolutely. It's a memoir. That's fantastic. Thank um, you. What does self-care look like for you? Oh, girl. <laughs> that's my favorite. Okay. Oh, I look, love we, we me some the hard-hitting questions here on that the is, bar. <laughs> here, because I've been talking about self-care so much. Um, if, if, I'm the self-care person in my circle. Mm-hmm. Self-care for me, I, I made Monday self-care Mondays okay. in my life because like you usually dread Mondays, right? Yes. So in the Sundays, dreading Mondays, so right. I was like, you know what? I'm taking Monday back. Oh, so I, I ordered a charcuterie board. <gasps> The kind that goes across um, uh, the tub, so mm-hmm. that I could set a um, set some cheese and uh, I was about to say, girl, up. snacks in the tub. Uh, snacks in the tub. Come on, you know what I mean. I got, uh, I got. Uh, February Target had a their little their gift box, their mm-hmm. beauty box, whatever. Yeah, it was all black stuff, Shea Moisture, everything in there with the um, bath bombs. Okay, like bring those. Uh, I got an oil diffuser for the bathroom only, depending on what mood I'm in after right. I train. I like eucalyptus and lavender. I love it. I got a neck pillow. I have a fur robe and blanket with slippers. Look, when you open your spa, please let me know. Understand. Because <laughs> I, I will be your first guest. <laughs> there's a wine for every mood in my bar. I, I just... Anything, um, read a book. If anybody mm-hmm. has book suggestions for me of any kind other than thrillers, science fiction, um, fantasy, not in mm-hmm. any of that, but I would, I love a good book. Okay. Um, so I, I just, 
like I said, I'm an introvert who just does a good job at living an extrovert's life. I love right. me time and Mondays are usually that. It's when I pray for people mm-hmm, at once mm-hmm. a week. I write in my prayer journal for everybody else but me. Um, now you know what I'm about to say. Don't do this. <laughs> Come on. I'm... You know what auntie's about to tell you. Do it. Go ahead. Listen, you got to take care of you first. But I do, and since since self-care is so at the core of myself, I do just like to give one day to thinking about everybody else and the needs of others and, and being like, let me let me pray for everybody. If Okay, somebody come up to you and they'll be like, Brie, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Don't you feel loved and thought of, of and seen? I just want to make sure that you are praying for you. That's all. So, okay, okay, I can stand to pray for me more. Yes. So thank you. Okay, auntie, You're welcome. I appreciate you. <laughs> Girl, I love you. Look, I'm taking notes like, what am I going to do tonight? I'm about to give me a bath bomb and get in the Girl, watch Netflix. I'm mm-hmm. catching up on Netflix. I will take your Netflix suggestions, your book suggestions. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, so name, speaking of books, um, name one book that has had the biggest impact on you. Lately? Or ever or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember all of them, but I'm mm-hmm. the ones on the top of my list in recent years. Um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown was mm-hmm, a game changer mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. I don't come by vulnerability real easily. I think right. that, that I think that's a that's a commonality mm-hmm. with a lot of quote unquote strong black women. Yes. Those Listen. walls don't come down. <laughs> Vulnerability. Mm, I don't know her, girl. I don't know her. Exactly. I, and so it just helped to shape and frame some mm-hmm. new ways of not only how I deal with my own vulnerability, but how, how I also respond to other people's. Because I'll tell somebody else to suck it up in a minute. Right. And that's not always, that's not always helpful. Like, right. Like, right. I can listen. Right. I can say something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hear you. I like to revisit... Um, a lot of Toni Morrison stuff, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the stuff that I was forced to read and didn't appreciate in high school, like, you know, the bluest eye yes. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shack um, was a good one in a lot. I don't read a lot of nonfiction. So if people want to like, I'll take those too. Mm-hmm, but I would mm-hmm. say I'm going to hate myself because I'm, a, I'm forgetting some right now because you want to spot with it right now, right? <laughs> but um, I would, de- I'm going to leave it at Brene okay. Brown's for okay. now. I like it. I like it. I approve. All right. So if you turn into a superhero tomorrow, mm. what would your name and your superpower be? Brandy. And <laughs> you know, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Like, uh uh-uh, no. We are not. I'm already, I already have superpower. I cannot stand you. <laughs> See, this is that Leo thing, right? See? This is why people don't like us. Uh, like I like me so much that I wouldn't even want to be a superhero. Let me think about this. My superpower would be to be invisible. Okay. Because as much as I can hear mm-hmm. when I'm there, I I would still be curious about what's going on um, in in the spaces that I that I go that I'm mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. while I'm there, but not there. Okay, and you and you sticking with Brandy as a superhero? Come on, because my name is like Brandy with an I, and that's just so elegant. Like yes, everybody, like come on. Okay, I will give you that. It was Thank a cop you. out, but I, I will pre- give you no, that. But listen, you compromised. Yes, this is true. This is true. This is, that is a great Virgo trait. <laughs> um, 
What would the title of your biopic be? And what actor would you want to play you on the big screen? See, okay, yes, okay. And it cannot be self-titled, so let me stop you I won't do (laughs) self-titled. I won't do self-titled. You remember AIM and, you remember AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. My first, um, my second Instagram Messenger name was I'm Brandy Dammit. Okay, I like that. Uh, I was 14. Like, come on, girl. Like, don't. don't. I love it. So I really enjoyed that because actually I wasn't 14. It was when I was 16 because uh-huh. was that was how I asserted in that um in that identity crisis. That's how I came right. out of it. Right. Right. I so like it. I would like it to be that because it just it affirms me. Mm-hmm. Right. And who who would play you and I'm Brandy Dan? I I don't know who would do it for me right now. Um she I would want her to be able to do albinism real easily. So mm. it would have to be who's the uh who's the white girl that did that dark movie? I think it was Scarlett Johansson. Okay. I used to like it to be um I used to like the depth of uh, Angelina Jolie, but I don't really see it for her uh, no more. I, okay, good. See, I'm glad. Look at t- look at how you're doing. Like, what if I yeah, really said that? Even ScarJo, I'm like, you know what? I no, think no, no. Might- What's the white African girl's name? It's not Scarlett Johansson. What's the white? Uh, it's you- not her. No, what is the girl? Oh, I know you who you're talking, talking about, about, and I don't like her either. But I know who you're talking about. She's uh, South African, but yes, like, but like not really. Like uh, I, I know. Me too. See, I'm conflicted, but I can't put a black woman right there. Like y'all, melanin is too popping. You can't. So play me. I think what we might need to do. What we gotta do? We gotta do a casting call for a black albino woman. I don't know if they're gonna be able to hold up. I know a whole lot of them too. Oh, you know what? <laughs> All right, I'm too free. Okay, okay listen, you. wait, but there is a girl on Instagram who is from Nigeria, and I think we got the same level of spice. I don't know what her sign is. She comes off very fire signy, but I don't okay. know. But her name is Sookie, and okay. she has sister locks. So she might be able to scratch the surface, but I'm real particular about that. I understand. I understand. Okay, thank I you. I mean, shit, you might just have to star in it then. I might have to play me. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, nope. Nobody can do you, but you. There's so. only one. I'll listen. I'll give you that. All right. What dance would you do down the Soul Train line? You remember the malfunction? Excuse me. <laughs> I do not. Oh, <laughs> girl, you gonna have the youths too. Wait a minute. Don't let me look this up. The <laughs> so what? Now, like I said, remember, I am considerably older than you. Yeah, so, so you're messing up that if you don't I, know about the mouth. Yeah, I, that might have been way after my up. time. Or, it, or maybe it was like so Northeastern because I, I, I think I heard you say on your last episode, you're from California. Or yes. You just lived there. Oh, see, California, I'm going to say this, but like, don't don't drag me. California <laughs> blacks are very different. Did you? What? <laughs> Y'all got some other stuff. Like what was we y'all do. like y'all crip rock crip crip walk and crunk and all that stuff, right? Yeah. We like, yeah, we own some different stuff. Did I, y'all do I, the butterfly? What about the butterfly? I mean, I do roll? remember that. I okay. do remember that. Yes. I do remember that. Um so yeah, okay. All right. Well, we'll just go with the malfunction. I'll just have to Google this shit later. Can I ask you a California black question? Okay, you can. <laughs> do you use Lowry's seasoning or McCormick season salt? Like I... you, you like Lowry's. I actually don't use either. Um, Ooh, okay. My 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 mother and my father. Well, my father was from Louisiana, mm. and so yes, um, I use Tony Ch- Cheris. Is that how you say it? Oh, I don't know about that one. Oh, put sis, me on. 
Let me, uh-uh. Let you don't need me. to put that in the show notes. I <laughs> put, ooh, put us all on. Sis, it, it blows Lowry's and um, McCormick's out the water. Really? Yes, girl. Yes, I need that. It's not like it's spicy, but it's not so spicy that you can't. It overpowers the food. Okay. And it's got the appropriate amount of salt in it. So it's got, it's salt, like, sis. And it's I, good it for is, chicken and for It like... is good for everything. Mm. I can't believe you. Do- oh my gosh. Yes, I will put you on. Please put me on. Thank you so much. Yes, See? That, is, that is what we do. Look what happens when you let the questions be your, be your way. I this learned. Is, listen, making connections. All right. So. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, okay. You ready for this? This this last one is, is a blockbuster. So I need you to, I need you to, you know, if you need to take a little sippy sip, you know, you need to sit, you need to think about this. I got one is, sip left. I'm trying to is, save it for the last one. Is this it? This is it. Okay. 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 I'm ready. Because yeah, this this is all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the blackest thing you have ever done? <laughs> That you can share with a bunch of strangers. No, no, no. no, no. It's fine. It is the fact that I still will take a full four-course meal into the movie theater shamelessly. (laughs) Yes! With dark... And and I will pair my wine or spirit accordingly. I don't have no qualms about it. I do. I will buy an M&M or something. So right, just I'm still supporting. Just to give a little coin. But I will be doggone if I'm not in there with all with, with all the... I, I took a shrimp cocktail platter. You know what? Uh-uh. This, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're not doing this tonight. <laughs> we're not doing this. But there's a Chick-fil-A right across the street. So sometimes I'm known for a four-piece meal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you just... Whatever. The, some, you just... You feel it out. Right. I love it. That is that is pretty freaking black. Like I don't even have yeah. I, I you you want it. I appreciate it. Thank you. So and I lied. This is actually the last question. So <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would Brandy of today mm-hmm. what advice would she give twelve year old Brandy and twenty year old Brandy? I would have told 12-year-old Brandy to stop talking and listen more. <laughs> okay, I like it. I, I, yes. Um, and then 20-year-old Brandy, I would have told her to trust herself and talk more mm. about all the things that, to speak up more. Mm-hmm. I was still mm-hmm. just, I was still just observing too much. I needed to, all the stuff that I had, had taken in, it was time to start, you know, churning out. Right. Yeah. Right. I told I her to it. speak up more. I love it. That is amazing. Thank you. So where can the peoples find you on the internet? That and, and I know you mentioned um, what special, like what projects do you have coming up? I know you mentioned you have a meet at the end of the month. Which meet are you doing? Masters Nationals in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. I left okay. on Sunday at four. All right. Okay. Well, we will definitely uh, be in the house virtually cheering you on, sis. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then where can people find you on the internet? I'm most active on Instagram. My Instagram is at Brandy B Lifting. Brandy mm-hmm. with an I, letter B mm-hmm. Lifting. Okay. Um, I have a Facebook, but I use that for my family's entertainment more than I do for mine. I don't, okay. you know, I'm on it, but I'm not active necessarily. Right, right. Um, I don't tweet much, but I, I like, I'm an aspiring tweeter, you know, yeah. but same yeah. name on Twitter. Okay. Um, 
and soon I'm gonna have an active blog that I'll invite everybody to come and read and listen. Yay. But yeah. Awesome. And then when that when that book is ready, I better be the first to know. Well listen, if you know any agents, look Okay. I, I, please put help, it out, put it out in the, in the netiverse. In the, in the universe. In the netiverse, yes. Absolutely. That, that is my and, current and, project. And now that, that you have been a guest, you are no longer a guest, you are fam. So oh. when you are ready, you call me and say, Auntie, I got some stuff to talk about. I want to talk about my book. We and come we, will back. Get, we will get right back here to do that. All right? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a Thank lot of fun. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Like I said, I, sometimes you just know. And I was like, this, this sis is a light. She's just a light. And people need to know about her and know her story. And you were like, well, I don't know if I have anything. And I was like, shut I don't up. Have what story? You're going to be amazing. <laughs> yes. And I was right once again because I'm a Virgo. Excuse um, me. So... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving me your time and giving your time to our guests. You guys, thank you so much again for listening. We are now on almost all the platforms. So the podcast is on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher and Google Play yes. and Spotify. Okay, okay. diversification. Okay. Um, you can find us there. You can find us at the Chocolate Bar Podcast Instagram page. Facebook page is the same name. Twitter Twitter is the Chalk Bar Podcast. You can find us there. And we also have a website, www.thechocolatebarpodcast.com. Sometimes we have merch, depending on how busy I am. So um, <laughs> stay tuned for that. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you, Brandy. And we will see you at the bar. Thank Bye-bye. You.